Today, from our news team, an Ant-Man 3 actor dropped from the production due to sexual assault allegations, another attempt to ban or censor video games, and is Sony over here patenting fruit? Today on the Culture Jack News Desk. This is the Culture Jack News Desk, your source for stolen information, hot takes, and your weekly news. I'm your host, Archimedes Abigail. And before we dive into the show, before we dive into the news, I want to remind you that the Culture Jack podcast is a, uh, a podcast that is now hosting five regular shows every week. Tomorrow, the Friday show with Dustin, where he, he showcases his inclination to use words and phrases way above his station. Then on Saturday, on today's episode, where the team loads up a recap and discussion piece on a popular series that they're currently keeping up with. Uh, this weekend, of course, is a recap of the WandaVision finale, which we're all very excited uh, for tomorrow. And then on Sunday, you get a fresh episode of The Weekend Wire for an alternate perspective on top news stories from the week. And then starting your week out, you get a deep dive into the mind of our co-host Anthony for the Monday Madness episode. And that brings you, of course, back here to Thursday, back here to me for the next episode of this show, The Culture Jack News Desk. In movie news, well, not so much movie news, but moreover, Netflix slash video game adaptation news. The Wall Street Journal, back in 2015, reported that Netflix was working with Nintendo on a Legend of Zelda television show. And the show was described as kind of a Game of Thrones-style show with a family-friendly or for a family audience. But that show was canceled because it was leaked. So the journal reporting that there was a Netflix show in collaboration with Nintendo was part of the reason that the show was canceled. Now, this, was, this came to light because of uh, Adam Conover, the creator of True TV's Adam Ruins Everything. He explained that him and his team were also in collaboration with Nintendo on working on a Star Fox series for Netflix. Or for, was it Netflix? Something. But it was going to be clay animated. And uh, this was one of two shows that Nintendo was licensing. But because of leaks, Nintendo packed up their bags, they took their ball, and they went home. Now, does this mean that we're going to get a Legend of Zelda adaptation at some point? But maybe it's not going to be on Netflix. Maybe Nintendo said, well, we can't trust you, Netflix. We're going to take our business to Hulu or to Amazon Prime or to HBO or some other place. So hopefully they have not given up on the idea of developing this show because a show like this could be incredibly, incredibly popular. Uh, like we said at the top of the show, Ant-Man 3 drops actor T.I. from the cast amid multiple sexual assault allegations. Um, so earlier today, an attorney representing 11 alleged victims accused the couple. So that's T.I. and his wife, who is not not named. I, I, I this is this is a great news story, <laughs> a great news channel because I did not look up her name. Uh, but they uh, earlier today, an attorney representing 11 alleged accused victim accused the couple of crimes including sexual abuse, forced ingestion of illegal narcotics, kidnapping, false imprisonment, 
intimidation, assault, and harassment. And then, of course, T.I. and his wife are denying the allegations. Uh, oh, here it is. Uh, the quote, Clifford and Tamika Harris, or Tiny, deny all in the strongest possible terms, these unsubstantiated and baseless allegations. We are confident that if these claims are thoroughly and fairly investigated, no charges will be forthcoming. Uh, so that's at least one less character in Ant-Man 3. It's a shame because I, I really enjoyed the dynamic of those three characters. It was uh, T.I., and Michael Pena, which, thank God, he was not accused of uh, sexual uh, assault. And uh, David Dasmalchian. Dasmalchian? Man, I think I nailed it on the first go around that one. Uh, they were a great part of Ant-Man, and especially Michael Pena, because he did those recaps where all of the actors would reenact, but it would be his voiceover doing the reenactment. And so it's a shame that he has to go... now. It's not not a shame that he these allegations took place. Like if he was sexually abusing and assaulting people, well, then he needs to be held to account. Uh, it's a shame that there was a situation in which that that could have happened. And it's it's hard to argue, though, with like 11, 11 different allegations or 11 different victims. It's like Bill Cosby. How many did Bill Cosby have before he... Uh, he had like 40, there were like 40 people that came out of the woodwork to say that over the years he had, he had roofied them and drugged them and abused them. So that's, uh, that's Ant-Man news over in the <laughs> Star Wars universe, the continuing saga of Cara Dune. There's a rumor that her character will be replaced with Star Wars Rebels character, Hera Syndulla. And, uh... So that I, I I guess these Star Wars uh, Rebels, the animated ones, are are really popular, and I haven't seen them. I am not a huge Star Wars fan, unfortunately. Um, but they've got a live action, uh, not 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 these shows, but Ahsoka, and Ahsoka was one of the characters from those animated Star Wars uh, as well as well as Bo Katan. Bo Katan was an animated character that they moved over into the live action universe. And I am very excited to see, I mean, potentially, I mean, we've got the Ahsoka series coming out, so that's going to be, that's going to be good or it should be, but I'm excited to see more of this translation of a digital CGI character that has been uh, taken from their CGI world and placed into a live action setting. I think if that rumor turns out to be true or not, it, it should be a trend that continues, continues on. I mean, a animated character has a long, long lifespan. Their features do not change. They can play the character for a long time. As soon as you break it into the live action world, unless it's just a piece of the lore, a piece of the canon, well, then it won't, it has an end point is what I'm saying. Uh, San Diego Comic Con uh, the, the convention has been canceled again for 2021. Well, it's not canceled. It's going virtual again. There is a statement, uh, that they put out in a tweet talking about if you did have a ticket to San Diego comic-con in 2021, 
which was most likely of a deferment of the ticket that you had in 2020, your ticket will again be deferred to 2022 San Diego Comic Con. Uh, unless, of course, you want a refund, in which case you will uh, you have to you have to apply or submit an application to get that refund. But part of their statement reads as such. The past several months have taken a great toll on both families and friends, and we hope this effort is a small move forward or a small move toward a return to gathering as a community to not only celebrate popular art, but also friendship, education, and the enduring spirit of the fandom that is so much a part of Comic-Con. And that uh, they said it was it's a 51-year-old convention, so it's been going on for a good deal of time. Uh, so sad to see that it not not happening again. Uh, if they think it's best for the safety of their attendees, well, then you can't fault them for that. But the virtual event will take place between July 23rd and July 25th. So hopefully we get some good news out of that. And then there will also be a smaller in-person event set for November with information to come at a later date. Uh, and so we may be getting uh, more Hopefully we get something akin to last year. They had a, uh, it was a DC under the dome, the DC Thunderdome. I I don't remember what it was, but they had a DC event that showcased all kinds of video games and movies and really just a lot of it got it got the the fan world the fandom up in a hype about these DC properties and so hopefully. We can have a Comic-Con event that is similar to that, an E3 event that is similar to that virtually that allows us to maybe see more than we would have otherwise. Maybe see more than if the event was still held in person, uh, a la, you know, a, a, a touch of the movie Eternals in the event. Come on, just show us show us some footage of that. Maybe some Black Widow because apparently we're not getting Black Widow until 2024 anyway. That's not a news piece. That is strictly uh, me being a sassy, sassy boy. Uh, okay, apparently the Golden Globes happened. I missed it entirely, uh, but I'm going to go over some of the results. I won't go over every single nominated um, movie, but I will talk about the winners here so just very quickly to recap the golden globes best supporting actor in a film was daniel kalua and uh judas and the black messiah which i heard was very good and i believe is on hbo max now best supporting actor in a tv series uh john boyega small axe I didn't know he was doing TV as well. Best actress in a TV series, Catherine O'Hara from Schitt's Creek, which is a very funny show. It's a, uh, a a very wealthy family who ends up losing everything and they have to move and uh, they have to get used to life as the common people. Best animated film, Soul takes the takes the spot for best animated film. Not a not a huge surprise. Soul was beautifully done, beautifully executed. If not, uh, it didn't answer the big question that we were all looking to have answered from Pixar. Pixar, why aren't you why aren't you putting a rest to our existential dread? Best actor in a limited series or TV movie, Mark Ruffalo. I know this much is true. Best screenplay, The Trial of Chicago Seven by Aaron Sorkin. 
Best Actress in a TV Series, Emma Corrin, The Crown. Best Original Song, uh, Low Low Sea Scene, The Life Ahead. Best Score uh, was Soul. Soul took that away as well. Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Batiste. Best Actor in a TV Series, Musical or Comedy, Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso. Best TV Series, Musical or Comedy, Schitt's Creek takes that award as well. Best Actress in a Film, Musical or Comedy, Rosamund Pike, I Care a Lot. Best Actor in a TV Series for Drama, Josh O'Connor for The Crown. Best Film, Foreign Language, Minari. Best TV Series for Drama, The Crown again. Best Supporting Actress in a Film, Jodie Foster, The Mauritanian. Best Supporting Actress in a TV Series, Limited uh, Series or TV Film, Gillian Anderson, The Crown. Gillian Anderson's in The Crown? She was Scully in X-Files, right? Best Actress in a Limited Series or TV uh, Film, Anna Taylor-Joy for The Queen's Gambit. Anna Taylor-Joy, I believe, is, she's Furiosa, right? She was the one that was cast as Furiosa in the new, new, shoot, is that a sequel? Prequel. The Furiosa prequel movie. The best limited series or TV movie is The Queen's Gambit. Best actor in a film for a drama, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I haven't seen that. Uh, that's uh, after after death, having a having an actor win. It just I'm not saying that he's undeserving of it because he's a marvelous actor, but. It's always strange to me, like, was the award given due to their great work or was it given with like that in the back of the back of your head or back of the, the, the board's head that this person is gone and we need to honor them with this this film? I haven't seen it, so I can't say one way or the other. Best director for a film is Chloe Zhao uh, for Nomadland. I heard this one was really good as well. And she is also the director for the new Eternals movie coming up. So that bodes well for the Eternals movie. Best film in musical or comedy category, uh, Borat's subsequent movie film, which I I would say is probably not better than the original. It was pretty funny. Best actor in a film, again, for musical or comedy, Sasha Baron Cohen for Borat's subsequent movie film. Best actress in a film for drama, Andra Day, The United States vs. Billie Holiday, And the best film as a drama, the uh, final uh, winner is Nomadland. So congratulations to all of our Golden Globe winners. Uh, Not that it not that it does anything for me. Uh, All right. And that is that's all we have for movie news. Moving on to gaming news. Uh. There is an Illinois lawmaker who is looking to ban Grand Theft Auto following a rise in carjackings. So this isn't the first time that we've witnessed something like this. Uh, A lawmaker, a politician out to use video games as a scapegoat as something more than the wonderful pieces of escapism they are. This is, of course, not very unbiased journalism here. 
Uh, but Representative Marcus Evans Jr., a Democrat in Illinois, has introduced a bill that would amend a pre-existing law banning certain video games from being sold to minors. So the law already says you can't sell these games to minors. But his amendment to the law would ban the sale of games with subject matter, including motor vehicle theft with a driver or passenger present, according to the Chicago Sun-Times. But the amendment has yet to be voted on. Uh, there have been renewed debates about the ban after carjackings among young people have gone up recently. And I'm reading this from a Hill article, the Hill article. Evans said the bill would prohibit the sale of some of these games that promote the activities that we're suffering from in our communities. Evans said, according to the Chicago Sun-Times. Now, you, you, have to, you have to think, obviously not if you're a lawmaker looking to ban the sale of video games, but you have to think, logically, if a game with carjackings makes more carjackings, if a game, then a game with murder would make more murders, a game with theft would make more theft, a game with more dragon slaying would make more dragon slaying, yet I don't see any of the dragons in my area in danger. The point is, this is escapism. This is storytelling. Video games, they represent an imagination. They, they represent a, 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 a fun and frolicky fantasy. And, and in some cases, maybe an outlet for some of your more violent urges. You want to you you want to really beat up some people but instead you go play Call of Duty for an hour and you've you've calmed yourself down. This would be similar. This would be akin to attack on books. Is there a, has there ever been a book featuring a carjacking? Why wouldn't we ban books featuring carjackings? Why wouldn't we ban movies that show someone taking someone else's vehicle or robbing someone else's home? Because these are things that are engaging and they get our minds stimulated and moving and ticking and flowing. I, I just, as a, as a independent journalist, I cannot, I cannot say one way or the other, but this is ridiculous. And this is not a new thing. This attack on, in America, if you're listening in the United States, the First Amendment right of freedom of expression it's not new to politicians and video games themselves are not, uh, they're not, they're not, uh, foreign to, to this kind of debate and video game companies got together and they established the ESRB to create video game ratings for this very thing. Cause you don't want children to have access to the violent bloody games, at least, you know, they're able to get themselves, but, yeah, it's it's uh, a tale as old as time. Video games being the scapegoat for, you know, people just behaving badly. In other gaming news, Epic Games buys Fall Guys developer uh, Media Tonic, I believe it is. The Tonic Games Group. Um, so announced via a joint post on the Epic Games blog, the purchase is light on details like the price, but it notes that Fall Guys gameplay is not changing, uh, as well as the plan to bring it to Nintendo Switch and Xbox. Uh, Paul Croft, Tonic Games Group co-founder and chief games officer, 
Uh, he said, beyond the shared vision among our teams, we see tremendous potential in combining forces with Epic. Whether it's about making our own games the best they can be or empowering other gamers, game developers to take their content from a kernel of an idea to a commercial success. We know that together we will be able to reach greater heights. Now, this is funny because this is uh, Epic Games. And we're seeing all kinds of these uh, video game acquisitions across the industry right now. But Epic Games is huge. They are a they are a competitor to Steam. They had the, the very, very media-frenzied public court case against Apple saying that they needed to have access to more of their profits on an iOS system. And... I, I actually I just got an email. This is a this is breaking news. Right before I started reporting recording the podcast, I got an email that said that there is a class action settlement lawsuit saying that if I had purchased any of the Fortnite loot llamas, because apparently that is a thing, uh <laughs> between I think it was February 2015 up to this February, February 2021, I may be entitled to get uh, a thousand V-Bucks. That's the in-credit store money for Fortnite. Or not just uh, Fortnite, but Rocket League now because Rocket League was purchased as well by Epic. And so if I bought any of the loot crates on Rocket League, a similar such refund or... Um, I guess uh, settlement claim for myself could be reached. Now, the thing about about it is I'm not I, I never will follow through on this. But if you follow through on it, does that mean you waive your waive your rights to other financial compensation from Epic Games? Perhaps it does. I just think it's interesting that I pulled up this story and then right before the podcast, I got an email saying, hey, we're all getting on, getting together to sue sue Epic. There was a Xbox Series X discovery that you can filter your uh, games in the store that you're looking at by uh, performance. So you can filter them to include you know 60 frames per second, ray tracing, 120 frames per second, uh, etc. So for some of those big big gamers with the old LED TV screens the really nice, fancy TVs, you'll be excited to know that you can now look up games specifically for your TV. So we talked about the San Diego Comic-Con coming in the end of July. We've got another convention coming a little sooner than that. The Future Game Show returns on March 25th, and they have promised that the event will feature over 40 games in the first of three shows scheduled for 2021. So there was a quote here by looks like the the one of the hosts of the event, uh, Jeff Shine, looking forward to working with Nicole again and getting the team back together. Both of us are diehard gamers, so getting the chance to host the future game show is really exciting. I've been trying to get a sneak peek of the lineup, haven't had much luck, but from the little I've been told so far, it's going to be quite the show. 
I can't wait to show you guys some new looks at upcoming games and maybe share an announcement or two. See you on March 25th. You don't want to miss it. So if you guys can't make it to the future game show, uh, one of the folks here at Culture Jacked will be happy to watch that show for you and give you the details on what exactly went down at the future game show. A new Nintendo Switch with 4K output and OLED screen is reportedly coming this year. And so this is uh, off the heels of a report from Bloomberg uh, that, that says that the, the, these rumors have been going on since 2019, a Nintendo Switch Pro. Uh, but because Bloomberg is a reputable publication with a consistent track record, the report is fairly well peppered with specifics about manufacturing uh, and the timeline. And there was also a quote, was it a quote? Ah, it was a question one of the Bloomberg reporters asked uh, Takashi uh, Mochizuki if they were planning to release a new Switch this year. But they dodged the question and they said that they were not planning to make an announcement anytime soon. So that would have been a wonderful point in time to just put all the rumors to bed and say, hey, there's not going to be, the, the Nintendo Switch is what it is. It is a small portable gaming device, not for high graphical fidelity or frame rate, but for fun games that you can play on the go and docked at home in your TV. But no, instead they just said, no, no announcement yet. Announcement will be pending. And the final news story that I have for you today is, uh, from Games Radar, it says Sony files a patent to help you use bananas as a PS5 controller. Uh, so Sony recently filed a patent for a new controller device. And what's weird about this controller, it looks exactly like a banana. And so on the image that you can see, and you can look it up yourself, there is a banana that's got like an X and a triangle on it. And so the description in the patent reads... It would be desirable if a user could use an inexpensive, simple, and non-electronic device as a video game peripheral. The present disclosure seeks to address, or at least alleviate, some of the above-identified problems. Sony's solution to this problem is a non-luminous, passive object being held by a user. It could be an item like a pin an orange, a pencil, or even a banana. So I don't know what exactly this is for, but what it feels like to me is you you don't have a controller and you can patch on maybe a sticker or something to, to turn an everyday household object into a controller. Now, this could be convenient, I suppose, if... You have, but how would this work? It, it would be convenient if you didn't have an extra controller, but you had an extra buddy come over or, you know, one of your kids wanted to play and you only had the one controller or the other controller's batteries were dead and you could slap some buttons on. How would it read it though? Like, is it reading it off of uh, a VR set? Because I know PlayStation is getting really high and mighty ready to do some VR stuff. So it's, is that how? this banana technology would work. I don't know. I'm very excited to see it though. I'm very excited to see a future in which we can use fruits as controllers that we can use vegetables 
as telephones. I'm excited for a future in which foodstuffs become more adaptive and more closely associated with the technologies that we use at home. Please, Sony, begin this bright future for us. This is what we needed in our lives. I want to get a, a bag of goldfish out and I want to be able to surf the internet on it. Please, let's get this done. And that, my friends, is all we have for gaming news today. Uh, before I end the episode, I wanted to start talking about the the games that I've been playing every week, uh, the movies and the television shows that I have been watching every week as well. So what I've been playing every uh, every week, what I've been playing this week is I, I finally downloaded and played World War Z. I only played a couple rounds of it, uh, but I played this this horde mode, and it puts a lot of zombies on screen. Now, I have never been one to I've never been one to really enjoy the Call of Duty zombie mode game. I don't know I don't know what it is about zombies, particularly in this setting. I feel like zombie games would be much much better done in like a Days Gone type way like that game was played I never played that game but where you're a lone guy you're wandering around you're scrounging for supplies you're trying to survive the endless zombie horde that you gun down just it doesn't feel like it fits right in that zombie trope that zombie archetype I also played gang beasts a little bit more I played this game gang I played this game before uh, there was a gentleman online, uh, one of my Facebook groups that I'm in, he said he was looking for people to join in on his Twitch stream. So I said, Hey, sign me up. And he's like, gang beasts is what we're playing. That game's ridiculous. I've also been playing apex legends and Fortnite. I don't think I'm going to make, make it to a level hundred on my battle pass on Fortnite. Uh, I did just, but <laughs> it's so funny how, how all of this media is connected because I have been a recent adopter of TikTok technology, and I'm a TikTok boy now. Uh, and one of the one of the things that was very popular on TikTok a few weeks ago was the sea shanty. And lo and behold, wouldn't you know it, but Fortnite has given us an opportunity to have a sea shanty emote in the game, and it's for 500 V bucks, I think. I think that's like $5 maybe. And so they got me, they got me. I, I bought for my wife and my two children and myself, the sea shanty song. And you can, you play on a little drum and you can walk while you're playing and everyone joins in on the sea shanty. And it's just, mm, it's amazing. And I'm very disappointed in myself. You don't have to be <laughs> because I am as well. Uh, so that's it for what I've been what I've been playing. I hope to get back into Ori. I hope to get back into the Final Fantasy VII remake and back into Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, some things that I've watched here recently. I watched uh, with my family the Tom and Jerry movie, which is now available on HBO Max for those of you that wanted to watch it. And I went into this movie with very low expectations, but. It was really funny. It was really good. It had a lot of slapstick comedy, a lot of physical humor. And the thing about Tom and Jerry is, you know, it's animated. It's like a, one of those hybrids with animation and uh, live action. 
And they've come so far. They've come so far with that technology. Like it was seamless. And the, and the actors, um, the way that they played off of these animated counterparts was so well done. I'm just so impressed. And I, I think if we had shows like uh, Space Jam and what was that? What was that other movie? Uh, Mad World that came out today they would be much better representations of those shows. And so I think if anything is primed for a reboot, well, I guess we're getting the new Space Jam movie. We're getting Space Jam, a new legacy with um, LeBron James. So that'll be good. I also watched the first episode of Decadence. It's an anime. What did I watch it on? It must be on Hulu. Was it Hulu? I don't know. Funimation. That's where I watched it. That was really good. It was really good. It had really good high quality animation. There were, there's these creatures, the Gala, I think they're called, that just showed up and they started, uh, they started attacking humans. And when they were attacking humans, the, um, they, they came up with this huge moving city. It's on these tracks and all of this, the, the essence that these creatures, I guess <laughs> are filled with that they get injected and siphoned off power, these anti-gravity uh, type weapons and power this city of decadence. I'm thinking we're in for a big twist on this one. I'm only one episode in, but already I can see that not all is as it should be in decadence. And it so far it follows the story of a young girl who her father and, and his team and her, were out gathering supplies. They were out uh, sav salvaging, <laughs> scavenging. I was scavenging and salvaging, and uh, they were they were gathering these supplies. And then a gala attack happened, and she lost her arm. And presumably, right now, uh, she lost her father. I just finished the third season of Disenchanted, a wonderful show. It's from the creators of, of course, The Simpsons and. Uh, Futurama and it's very serialized. So where the Simpsons and Futurama were very much episode to episode and yeah, they had some through lines between them, but they were very like bite sized candy. You can just one at a time. Doesn't matter where you come in. The show will explain itself within, within the time of the show. Uh, Disenchanted is very much has a very long through line and it has a very continued story throughout and it's very good it's very good i like it a lot of course i've been watching wandavision very excited for the finale tomorrow and then uh raya and the last dragon also comes out tomorrow i believe that is a disney plus premium uh <laughs> movie and so i'm very excited to see that i love animation i love animated shows and no one does it quite like disney and pixar but that's it for the news today. Make sure you stay tuned for the Friday show on today's episode, The Weekend Wire and Monday Madness. Make sure you leave us a review because these algorithms definitely help our visibility and our recognition from other people that are not you and your ears, which we do love and appreciate so much. So leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Make sure to get in touch with us here at the Culture Jack podcast. You can do so a few ways at Culture Jack on Facebook and on Twitter. You can also email us at the email culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. 
But thanks for joining us. Here at the Culture Jack News Desk, I'm Archimedes Abigail, and that is the news. <laughs>